<laughs> Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Antiwave. Yeah. What? Where's Christina? Uh, Christina? Christina's not here to say her name. Aww. Aww. But she'll be back next week. I but hope. this week in studio, we have we do have a guest here. And, uh, and to my right, a very young guest, an eighth grader guest, Michelle Kim. Say hi, Michelle. Hi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Michelle. <laughs> and if it sounds different, it's because we're not in our usual studio. We came down uh, no, to a very special place to record Michelle Kim. Because this week, we're going to be talking to an actual eighth grader about the film eighth grade oh i like that i love themes i love themes and we should point out i didn't say it at the top of this podcast but this podcast anti-wave did you know ira we have over a hundred years of experience in the entertainment industry although do we still have a hundred years without christina here i don't know if we have a hundred years we might be hovering at like 83 yeah but anti-wave is a podcast that's dedicated all about it focuses on films that have the uh, not the glimmery shimmering skin of the cheerleader, but instead the pockmarked middle of, zit in the middle of your nose, you know, on picture day kind of films, right? It focuses on those kind of films, wouldn't you say? <laughs> no, no, I, I mean yes, yes, exactly. So as I said, this week we're going to talk about eighth grade, um, and we've got an actual eighth grader, Michelle, in here to talk to us about that. That's going to be fun. But hey, before we do, yeah. Ira, I want to ask you, Uh-oh. what do you remember about your middle school experience? Do you have any good middle school stories? You know, this may be hard for you to believe. Yeah? I was not super popular. What? Yes, no way. <laughs> Even Michelle's digging in on you. No way. I was a little bit then kind of nerdy and dorky. But and not at all like that Not at now. all like now. <laughs> had very few friends, just my, my buddy Ian, and then later in, in junior high and high school, Fred. And that was kind of it. I had, I had no one else. Um, but I, I don't have fond memories of, no? of middle school. And as I said in a previous podcast, in my PE class, physical education, I was always the last one to be picked mm-hmm. on the basketball. You know, and they'd say, I've been, and I would always sitting there on the, on the, the hot by myself with it. Who's absent today? And I said, well, I, I'm still here. You can pick me. And I think that did a lot of psychological damage. That probably counts for why I am the way I am today. But um, it was not a fun time. Seriously, I found even through high school, but in college, I came into myself. Mm. And I remember socially, not forget academics, just socially, I felt complete. And I felt like I was uh, more together then. And I, I was more uh, connected to everything around me. It was a good time for me. College. See, I was a nerd, but I definitely had, I was the Were king you? of the nerds. And when I say nerds, no, you know, a lot of people, it's become very trendy to be like, oh, I'm such a nerd, but they're not, they're not real nerds. They're not on the chess team. I was on the chess team, that kind of nerd. It's like the word nerd is in. Right. It, it, I saw that word do a 180 a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, and it's not. And it bothers me. It does me They're too. diluting the meaning of nerd. Of nerd. But Michelle, you really, are you a nerd at school or are you, do you have friends? No. Oh, no, 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 no. No? No. So what, what's, hmm. your, what's your middle school experience like? Um, well, so far, it's like been like pretty like routine. Routine? Yeah. What does that mean, routine? Like, I just, like, everything's just, like, falling into place. So it's just kind of... Do you get along with most of the people in your class? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So uh, would you say that you... I mean, would you say that you're a popular person and that people like you? I wouldn't say that they hate me. Yeah, I think you seem to be a pretty popular person. I mean, (laughs) yeah, not in the way that... I mean, I, I don't think anybody's out to get you. Most everybody has nice things to say about you, except for that one person. Ooh. Uh. 
So I'm just going to leave it like that. Yeah. And the rest of the day, she's going to be wondering, yeah. who the fuck is talking bad about me? Yeah. 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 Michelle, I'm sorry. I'll try to refrain from saying those things about you. Yeah, yeah Ira. Don't be talking shit about Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I had a... Uh, I, I, I just remember in like seventh and eighth grade, I, there were always... There was always like rumors going around and you would say something, you know, for me, I remember the only fight I ever got into was in eighth grade. And when my, my friend, Chris Lunsford, I had a crush on Mariel Utzman and I told Chris Lunsford and he told her and I, I kicked his ass. He was at his locker. I came up behind him, got into a fight with him and they sent us to detention. It was like in school suspension and we had to go, I was so angry at him, and uh, we got into a fight, and then we, we both went to in-school suspension, and we were, uh, you know, having to do our homework and everything, and he was just, like, acting like no big, nothing happened. Like, he was, like we were still friends, and he was like, hey, <laughs> and just sure. kind of, like, playing with me, and I was like, oh, I, I, I guess we're still <laughs> friends. Oh, yeah, like, the same thing happened to me in sixth grade. Yeah? It's just one boy couldn't keep his mouth shut, and, like, in, like, I don't know, like, within, like, three hours of telling him, like, the, like pretty much the whole class knew. Yeah. Yeah. So it was sh- really embarrassing. Did you tell him snitches get stitches or what? Uh, it was some, something like something that. like that. Something Have like you been that. in a fight before, Michelle? Yeah. But it's never gotten like really physical. Uh, it's just like verbal. shouting match. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, know, know, you never punched win. a bitch. <laughs> I wish <laughs> it was just detention. <laughs> no thanks. I like that she <laughs> producer Joey's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, uh, you wish you'd, you'd been in a fight? I mean, well, it's, like, ugh, it's so, like, hard to, be, like, to like fight verbally because, mm-hmm. like, they either, they either, like, don't want to, like, hear you and they, like, come back with, like, stupid insults. But it's, like, like. Is that you punching somebody's face? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, let's, you know, yeah. Yeah, one more specific. I know we're not talking about the film yet, but let me just say one more thing. I was thinking, obviously, back to my middle school years, and there was one specific that reminded me of this. There was a scene in the film, which we will talk about, where she's invited to the swim party and mm. brings a gift. Yeah. Mm. This guy, Jeff Sokol, and I was like in seventh grade, he invited me to his birthday party. I know Jeff Sokol. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt... I was like the character in the film. I was I was anxious and nervous. And my parents were really pleased because I had very few friends at that point in my life. And my mom said, "Should you bring a gift?" And I said, "I don't know. I don't know if." I, and then my dad got one of those giant lollipops, but it was like a huge sucker, and it had spiral colors in it. Yeah, oh, the real right. you know the big ones yeah. look like a pancake. And I got that, and we wrapped it up, and all the presents were really cool that he was getting really <laughs> neat stuff it's like a scene in the and then it was yeah. mine and he, he opened it up and he said oh thanks ira for this <laughs> lollipop and it was it reminded me of that beat in the film and it didn't it did not help my uh, my my psyche at all and i think it affected me profoundly and i it, it, it look how it resonated with me yeah and i still remember that multicolored sucker it's so weird that you say that because you you truly are one of the more social people I know. You have more friends than just about anybody. But, and I mean active friends. Like not, not someone that you haven't spoken to in three years that you still call your friend. But people that you actively see on a regular basis. And you're still friends with a lot of people that you were friends with then, right? How about that? Yeah. 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 And I became close with people in high school and college. And for many, many years, we're still very close. But I'll tell you, uh, elementary school and middle school, not not a good time. Hmm. Not yeah. a good time. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So would you say, Michelle, rate your, your middle school experience thus far on a scale from 1 to 10? 
10 being perfect, couldn't go any better. One being uh, you, you might commit suicide by the end of the next year. Um, a solid five. Five? Five, uh, yeah. What, what's missing? <laughs> so much. So much? Like what? <laughs> like, just the environment. Because, like, a lot of people at my school either got suspended or expelled for having, like, drugs. Mm-hmm. And then that just, like, spread rumors. And it's just, it's like this whole, like, jumble and, like, a mess, which just encourage me encourages me to like not want to go back to school mm. and i think like a lot of that like contributes to why i gave my school experience a five i want to talk more about this when we talk about the film right we're going to come back to this Good. concept yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> all right but for the time being let's talk about week in review ah, the week in review uh, by the way michelle you're going to like this no you're not Ooh. i have these little no, ditties <laughs> and they tease me about it but you're going to really be pleased with what you're about to no, hear you won't. Okay. some are old some are new we now present the week in review all right. come on come on yeah <laughs> Cardi B action going on over there. <laughs> All right. Uh, what did you see, Rob? I'm going to start dropping so, that in. I'm that, going to start that dropping was, in. I love that. Little... I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Ira, what did you see this week? I saw one movie, um, and again, Michelle, I'm sure Robert told you we mentioned other film other than the one we're going to no, primarily I think talk about. I did actually, film. but did you? oh, right, other movies. Anyway, we will. Okay. Oh, there, first of all, I want to say something mm-hmm. before we get into that. In previous podcasts, especially when we saw the movie Chappaquiddick, we spoke about the element of family mm-hmm. and how that was an interesting theme, and it seems to be more prominent now of late for some reason. And uh, we've discussed that again in quite Even a few podcasts. Even the word family is creeping up in almost yes. every film. Yes. You ready yeah. for this? I have not seen Skyscraper, and I probably won't see it, but even in their ad campaign, family. it's all yeah. about family. family. It's all about family, and I think that's fascinating to me and I'm asking do you think that that's a reflection of what's going on out there right now with the political climate uh, as far as the family unit is this Hollywood answering that call making that a theme in films or is it just a coincidence or has family always been a theme in many movies including action films I think it's been a theme but I think it's more so lately. Agreed. I mean when you think about uh, what's the uh, Smokey and the Bandit for example uh, where's his family? I don't know where the the family. He's got his friend. He's got his lover. But there's never really f- his mom and dad. They're right. not part of the story. Do you know what I mean? I do. But his friends could be. Again, we spoke about this. That his friends could be regarded as family. But okay, so and there's no implied, into it at that point. It's implied, right? Perhaps, but it's, but not, it's not overt. That's what I mean. It's, it's not. It's kind overt, of like we're, but it is we're now. a group. Yeah. It is now like never before. Yeah. Is this a response to what's going on out well, there? We first noticed it on the Fast and Furious, the, the latest one, where they kept saying, we're family, we're family, we're like, family. We get it already. You're hitting us over the head. Yeah. <laughs> and Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. That was the other one. And Chappaquiddick. So now with uh, with this action But Chappaquiddick was, was direct family. It literally was. Yes. Yeah. It was a biological. But yeah. 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 So with, with, um, with Skyscraper, even in the ad campaign, it's all about family. Yeah. yeah. And it's just interesting that there's another action film that has that theme. I wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah. All yeah. right. Good. What did you see this week, Ira? Uh, okay. There's a movie <laughs> called Pineapple. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh? Do you know Pineapple? Laughing. Do you know about this movie? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nate is just really weird. Just the way he said it? Yeah. Pineapple. Pineapple. 
Now, I'm going to discuss this very briefly. 2008, the wife was cheating. Hubby comes home. Wife is in bed with somebody else. Michelle, I hope this isn't too offensive oh, no, to you. It's fine. This is cool. Good. She's yeah. because then idiots. because yeah. then he becomes <laughs> this husband goes nuts and he uh, hooks up with an exotic dancer and becomes a sex addict. Oh. The reason it's called pineapples because that's their safe word in BDSM. Safe word. <laughs> pineapple. <laughs> Michelle, how old are you? Uh, 13. Oh, Jesus God. Do you know what BDSM is? She's nodding her head, yes. She's nodding her, she's nodding her head, yeah. yes. Um, and it was um, it was a horrible movie, but I enjoyed it. There you go. It was yeah. a horrible movie, but you but enjoyed it. But I enjoyed it. it. Yeah. Pineapple. Watch it. It's hmm. streaming. Mm. That's my weekend review. I, I watched <laughs> Equalizer 2. Oh. oh. I got down there and I, I watched You know, I liked the first one so much, and I realized, yeah. man, Denzel just kicks some ass. I could watch that guy. I could. I could. I'd watch him rocking in a rocking chair on a front porch, just you know, whittling or something. I could watch that movie. <laughs> He's so charismatic. I don't know what it is. He's dreamy. Dreamy? Yeah. He's dreamy. dreamy. There was a good point when we saw it in the theater. Um, there were there were a couple people in the back of the theater. They may or may not have been people of color, uh, but in the middle of Denzel's big speech, they screamed out. Yeah, you tell him, Denzel. They were people of color. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Yeah. It was a, uh, but I love that. Ira, you and I, early on, we went to, yes. it was the old Magic Johnson Theater. That's correct. To watch. Split? Split. Because we <laughs> we like that. For horror movies, and Michelle, you love horror movies as well. Yeah. Have you ever seen a horror movie in a theater? Well, I guess you don't, you usually watch most of them online, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you seen any horror movies in the theater? No? She's shaking her head no. My parents, yeah, no. <laughs> but your mom kind of, she encourages yeah. you to watch horror movies, doesn't she? Well, she always, like, offers it to me. So, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. It's kind of weird. I, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have Michelle on the podcast <laughs> is, like, her relationship with her mom. Her mom is kind of like, oh, yeah, here's uh, here's this horror movie. Like, what's, what are some <laughs> horror movies that you've seen? Like, Insidious. Insidious? Like, the Lost Insidious yeah. movie. Like, bunch of Korean horror movies. Like Train to Busan or something like that? Have you seen that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, I actually saw that in a horror, uh, movie. In a theater? theater? Yeah. All right. When you... S- well, Koreans aren't going to be shouting at the screen. No. <laughs> yeah. No. There was, like, this, like, one movie, like, where we were watching, and then, like, it was, like, a really, like, tense scene, and the main character, who's a woman, kept, like, screaming mm-hmm. at the other main lead. Yeah. And then just, like, the Koreans just, like... like I think like they're okay, so like Korean, the Koreans in the theater. Yeah, like we call them ajumas because they're like old women, uh. right? They're just like just shut up, like they just like screamed at the screen because like it was just getting so irritating. Yeah, that's great. It, so yeah. this, this permeates all cultures. <laughs> yeah, yelling at the theater. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, uh, Michelle, what did you see this week? I actually revisited Spirited Away. Spirited Away. Yeah. yeah. It was so good. And Princess Mononoke. Yeah. yeah. Ira, have you seen Spirited Away? No. I think you'd like it. Really? Yeah. It's so cute. A brief synopsis, please. What's it about? Oh, wow. Okay. So it's like this this girl is moving with her family, and apparently, like, they go into, like, this deserted, like, it's, it's kind of like a little town. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, after, like, the time shifts, like, it, the worlds kind of, like, shift. And, like, she ends up, like, in a whole brand new world with, like, supernatural stuff and everything. It's, it's wow. cool. That was Michelle's description of Spirited Away. Spirited Away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's now a must-see. It's an, an, it's an <laughs> yeah. anime. It's kind of regarded as one of the, the top anime of... Uh, oh, it's anime. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's, it's a good one. 
Hey, let's talk about eighth grade. You want to do that? Eighth grade. Robert, yeah. talk us through it. All right. Eighth grade centers around <laughs> Kayla Day, an eighth grader. In the last few days of her eighth grade experience before she transitions to high school, and as we've kind of already alluded to, Kayla does not fit in with society. She's she's really desperate to try to make friends and to uh, to maybe even get a boyfriend. And she really wants all of the usual trappings of, of middle school and high school life. And um, and and she it's about her quest. It's a coming of age film, and it's about her quest to kind of accomplish some of those things. And it's uh, it it's also bookended by this. Uh, by this time capsule that her school kind of uh, reminds her about that she created in sixth grade and she goes through it and she starts to uh, go through a lot of the items that are in this time capsule that were important to her in sixth grade and what that means to her now. Yeah, okay. yeah. that breaks yeah. it down. Yeah. yeah, Well done, Robert. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well done. I, now, no, I oh. want to ask, yeah. before I get into this, before we talk about it, yeah. I want to know, what Michelle, yes. what did you think yes. of the film? Yes, being an eighth grader. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I well in my opinion, I'm looking forward to eighth grade. Yeah. Because, you know, it's Now, you're coming out of seventh grade going into eighth grade, yeah. right? We're recording this in the summer. So, you are technically yeah. an eighth grader. Yes. All right. Um, I'm actually kind of looking forward to eighth grade because a lot of people, like, think that seventh grade is just, like, the most busiest of the year. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's just, like, applications, scholarships. You need Busiest to, like, of, the, of middle school experience. Yeah, middle school experience. And eighth grade, I think we take it a little more lightly. Mm-hmm. But seeing it from per- from Kayla's perspective, it kind of makes me more scared. <laughs> Cause, cause You're terrified? Not necessarily terrified. Mm. But it was just, like, oof. What were some of the what were some of the highlights of the film for you? Oh, like that that fire scene where, where she, she burns her uh, her time capsule. Yeah, and she talks to her father. Yeah, like I could just relate to a lot of the things she said. Like what? Like for example, she's like you know like you know but like what if I have like a daughter and she ends up like me because mm-hmm. I watched it with my mom and we were both like crying our eyes mm-hmm. out right because I had told her that um, I didn't want a kid because mm-hmm. like it's such like so much to do and like it's it takes a lot of work to like kind of like build on their like responsibilities and even personality because I don't want to have a trash kid so yeah, it, it was really really. I don't want to have a, a trash kid. trash kid. <laughs> Would that be like a garbage pill? Is, is this a new term? <laughs> yeah. Sure. What's a, tr- a trash kid? I mean, well, people like kids that like are like ungrateful and like snobby yeah, yeah. to like their parents. I, I don't want to have to deal with that. Did your mom like the film? Oh yeah. 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 At first, she's like, "Oh, like, why are you dragging me to this?" But like, at the end of the movie, she was like, like she was just like wiping her nose and it was mm. like, like, how was it? And she's like, it was great. I think she really liked it. Yeah? Yeah. Well, uh, so you related most to that scene where she's burning her time capsule box. Yeah. Uh, and and, w- and she kind of breaks down with her dad. Any other scenes that really stood out to you? Oh, that pool scene. Um, it should be noted that this, this pool scene was full of so much tension. Yeah. And so she gets invited to go over to uh, her. It's not even her friend. It's like her neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. And the popular girl in school is kind of forced to invite her over to her birthday party and, and her pool party. And poor Kayla, she doesn't want to go. She knows that she's not really welcome there, but she's going to do it anyway. And she's trying to take the big leap uh, into into being more social. 
and she knows it's going to be awkward. We know it's going to be awkward, yeah. and it totally delivers. <laughs> She's walking around in a swimsuit that just doesn't look like everybody else's, and it's, it's not flattering for She's her. Like vibrant green. Yeah, and it's just it's there's, and and it's it's kind of like, I don't know how to describe. Help me out, Ira. Like what? It's awkward. But we know, and we know it's going to be that awkward. Right, right. Yeah. But we have to do it anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Of course. Of course, I, you know what I mean because you actually did that. You brought the lollipop over to the dude. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, I kept flashing on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, her uh, her gift that she presents to the the popular what girl was Kennedy a was card, a card, card game, game. Card and everybody game. else was giving her all these great gifts, right. and, and very similar to what you were talking about with That's the lollipop. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <sighs> Man, mm. yeah, that that pool scene was was definitely yeah. rough. Cause like, it just used like so much silence in that scene, and yeah. it just made me so awkward. But I really liked it being awkward. Cause yeah. I wouldn't want it any other way. Right. Yeah. I think that was the best sequence of the movie. And by the way, we should mention our top five is pool movies. That's right. Hey, right. Did I say hey. that's that at the top? Did you say that? I don't know if I did, did or not. He? I don't think so. Uh, I no. didn't. All right. All right. Hey, guess yeah. what? Our top five this week is pool movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, pool man, that, movies or that, movies that feature a pool. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a pool movie. Oh, <laughs> and what else, Michelle? What, any other thoughts? I, I thought of you specifically when at the end of the movie she has her her first date and they start talking about Rick and Morty. Oh yeah, Szechuan sauce. My God. Oh my God. <laughs> and then they like did the Rick and Morty imp- impersonation. Yeah. Oh, so awkward. I, I figured for sure if you uh, if you weren't already in love with the film by that point that you would have been yeah. a big fan. Of course, it was right at the very end. But I was like, this is gonna get Michelle. So Michelle's a big Rick and Morty fan. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. What did you think of the the, the guy? No, it, it should be noted that there were a, a few there were a few sexual scenes in here. Yeah. How did, how did you deal with that with your mom? You, you're sitting next to your mom in the theater, right? No. Um. So you know, there was like this mall scene where Kayla gets invited, like with her high school friends, mm-hmm. and I could just like immediately tell there was something wrong with Riley. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy he wasn't like talking a lot, and he was kind of like looking at Kayla really weirdly. Mm-hmm. So I knew something was going to go wrong when like Olivia left the car first, mm-hmm. and it was just the two of them. And then he got in the back seat instead of her going into the front seat, and it it. it it made me really uncomfortable, so I like shifted to the to the other side of the seat, so I didn't have to like see my mom. And mm. my mom was just like tisk, like like, like yeah, that kind of thing. Noise. <laughs> and she was like, Ugh, and she's like sighing. When you saw it in the theater, were people making noises? I mean, I, when I saw it, there were definitely people going, "Oh no!" Yeah, like yeah. I'm talking Squirming. to the theater. Yeah. No, I think my theater was like silent. Really? Kind of, yeah. It, I think like everyone was just like too hung up in the moment, and like, what is like, what is this dude doing? Mm-hmm. Mostly just laughs. I know, I, I remember for me, my first girlfriend that I had was in eighth grade. And we were, we didn't have sex, but we were definitely like going way too, too, too further than we should have been in eighth grade. And we were making out all the time. We always got in trouble. We were always getting caught by teachers and like, what are you doing? And we're like, oh, we're just making out. And they were like, get out. And then we always got in detention or something like that because we were, nice. we were always making out. One of the things I love about this film is how accurately it depicts eighth graders. I think it, it's it's one of the few films I've seen that 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 really shows uh, where eighth graders are at and and, and their their awakening. I guess they're, um, I think a lot of people try to put it into in high school, and I think it starts to actually happen in seventh and eighth grade. And and she's a little bit behind the curve in a lot of ways. Kayla's character, I think. 
Would you agree with mm-hmm. that, yeah, Michelle? Yeah, 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 of course. I mean, like, there, well, there was, like, definitely people. I mean, you were like talking about in your, in your middle school, there were people that had been expelled for drugs. for selling drugs. And I don't – and you go to a – I mean, your class is a gifted class, right? Yeah. So it's, it's one of the, the high, highly sought-after high schools to go to. Yeah. And I, I think it's – I guess I, I think it's something that a lot of adults are naive about is they, they wish that – kids hold on to their innocence for longer than it actually happens oh yeah like i'm pretty sure everyone in my class knows like everything yeah just everything yeah crazy what do you think about that all right i didn't make out with anyone in middle school were you the one kissing the banana (laughs) (laughs) no i was putting on puppet shows remember i was i was doing puppet shows and things like that. you did that that in middle school though i was probably in high school in high school Oh my gosh. (laughs) I actually made an audio recording on my real to real tape recorder called The Reporter. Mm -hmm. And he was a reporter for the LA Times and he gets involved in a murder case. The Reporter is brought to you by. I put in commercials. I did all the voices. Oh, we got to get that. Yes. I wrote out the script with all the dialogue. And my parents were very patient. (laughs) And they (laughs) They listened to it. You were the only child, right? No. Well, no, I had a brother. Oh, that's right. You do have a brother. That's right. My brother was nine years older. But uh, that's what I did. The reporter. Yeah, reporter for the LA Times. Big dramatic ending. Huge chase. At any rate, I digress. What were we talking about? <laughs> I was saying, I, I guess maybe your awakening was not in middle no, school. No, my awakening was at community college. In went college. To Santa Monica. And I just remember for the first time feeling really good about who I am. About I just felt, like I said, connected socially. And uh, at that time, I decided I wanted to be a teacher. And it was just a good from that point on, something shifted. I could feel it. I guess I, I, for me, I see a lot of awakening in, an, in my students in that time period. I mean, some of the students that I've had, for example, Michelle's been my student since what, third grade, fourth grade? Third. Like, third grade? I'm pretty sure, yeah. For a long time. So I've known Michelle for years and years and years. And I've, I've seen her transition. Now, Michelle's always kind of been wise beyond her years. I remember even as a fifth grader, you were doing... Um, you know, poetry and things like that that were beyond what a typical fifth grader would be doing. And selling drugs like her friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just Definitely. turning tricks. <laughs> no, but yeah, she, uh, she's always been more ma- mature. Yeah. But she, I, I think there, I can see some people as they have progressed from fifth and sixth grade and they start to, to become young adults by seventh grade and by eighth grade. I mean, you can you could tell they're starting to getting starting to get into real trouble. Not like oh yeah, hanging around the school, doing naughty things, but like selling drugs, like like Michelle's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you sell drugs now, right, Michelle? Sure. <laughs> yeah. sure. Can you score me something? Score me something. <laughs> Ira, what did you think about the movie? I liked uh, the slice of life. I thought the acting was incredible. I like the music. I was very aware of the music. Yeah. It certainly yeah, worked for me. I thought it was, I liked the look of the film. It was breezy. I thought, the, again, the acting was incredible. And here, and here it comes. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be the odd person out once again. I was, I was pleased with the movie. I was impressed with the movie. But there was a lot of that. We talked about this before, that me, me, me entitlement stuff. Mm. And the movie was reeking of that. And I'm not sure if I liked the main character very much. And when she was with her dad, who was a good guy and trying to be a good yeah. father yeah. in a limited, his limited way, he was still making a real effort to be a good pop in, in his own way. He was doing the best he could. 
And when he was doing the dishes, I wanted her to, um, to pick up the, um, the, I wanted her to help dry the dishes. I wanted her to be more engaged. I wanted her to thank her dad for going to work that day. Yeah. Instead, it was a lot of me, 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 I, 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 the social media stuff. And uh, all the stuff about school and fun and fun. And you know what? It doesn't have to be fun. It needn't be fun. Sometimes the information has to be crammed down you and just deal with it and, and try to be nice to people along the way. And I had trouble connecting with her. I, I think, again, I'm probably the only one who's, who feels this way, oh. but I couldn't get past that. Uh, I felt that the movie, too, again, I'm going to be the odd person out, <laughs> was quite formulaic. I was so pleased, you guys, that there was no backstory about why he was a single father. Yeah. And I was thinking, good, yeah, good. We don't need to know. Please don't tell us. Please don't tell us. And then with what I call the campfire scene, with the where the, the burning in the last part of the film, where, you know, you're... Before your mother left me, thought no, don't but do he that. It didn't we really come to fruition. It, it, he just mentions it. But we didn't need that. And yeah. even that whole scene, I thought, was a little bit neat and tidy. Yeah. It was convenient. It was convenient that it ended that way. So I did find it to be somewhat formulaic, even with the uh, the real cool boy who ended up yeah. being a jerk, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the nerd boy right. who was really <laughs> oh, not Riley. Riley was the one that took his shirt off. Right. Right. Gabe? Gabe. Gabe. Yeah. Gabe. Who is really kind of cool, you yeah, know? Yeah. And that too, you guys, I'm wondering if you can appreciate this on a level that it was so convenient that the really good looking guy turned out to be a dick and the goofy yeah. guy really had a cool spirit about him. Yeah. And it was all convenient stuff. I liked the acting. I liked the music. I liked the film. I, I got it. Once again, I'm going to say the movie did feel a little bit long to me. It did. Hmm. It felt a little bit long. It could have used, I think, a few minutes of editing. I was impressed with it. I liked the acting. I liked how it was shot. I liked everything about it. But I, I couldn't get back this whole entire... God, I sound like an old fart. Oh, no, I do. No. Yeah, you do. I do sound oh, like an old okay. fart, <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Michelle understands what I'm saying. That it, do you? Uh, it was a lot of, um, woe is me. And, and I just like wanted to bitch slap her and say, hey, hey, lady, deal with it. Go to school and stop the I, 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 me, me, me. Be nice to people along the way and thank your old man for doing the best he can. I can appreciate what you're saying. Are you going to say something, Michelle? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. My mom, I asked her why she was crying. Mm -hmm. And she said she really related to um, the father, Elsie's um, father father mm -hmm. um because you know I mean, I mean like even that mall scene where he's caught like trying to like look over um his, how his daughter's yeah, doing yeah. It, i think it like even like from like a kid's perspective it kind of like broke my heart because like you know he's trying to do the best for his daughter and Absolutely. yeah i think my mom sympathized more with her dad mm -hmm. than she did with the main character i i can appreciate where you're coming from ira because i noticed it too i went you know uh, there's this the scene where she first sees the hot guy during the the pool party and then that whole uh romantic moment is broken by this kid coming up and like oh i held my breath and it's like <laughs> what the fuck okay these two are clearly gonna have to get together by the end of the movie right and and i i do think it is somewhat formulaic uh i do think you know this podcast is anti-wave we we try to talk about how how filmmakers spin the typical formula on its end and I think the casting of this girl uh, you know having a lot of having the bad skin and the the not straight teeth 
it was great casting and, and beautiful acting, as you mentioned earlier. I do think the writing was formulaic, but I think that was kind of the, the spirit of what they were going for with um, doing something that is kind of formulaic, but in their own unique kind of turn. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate where you're coming from. Um, I think if, it, if we had made this more anti of a film, uh, maybe the, the Riley character, when he takes his shirt off in the back seat, it might have gone further. You know, she might have been uh, date raped or something along oh. those lines, and it could have gotten a, a lot hairier, um, literally and figuratively. Uh, oh, Jeez. ew, Robert. Oh, come on, that was Bert, ew. <laughs> But I, I can appreciate what you're saying. I still mm-hmm. really like the film. And I'm, I'm trying to think if I think it was too long or not. I think it was maybe a touch too long, but I have a feeling you are you would like to see about maybe 10 or 15 minutes, mm-hmm. Scott. Yeah. And I'd like to see just maybe a maybe a little bit. I think I'm okay with mainly, main, I think I'm mainly okay with the length. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Michelle? Was it too long for you? I felt like the middle mm. was a little like long, because like you know I I just found myself like checking my phone and everything. But I just the more like in depth that I went, I think I got more drawn. So mm. maybe like it was, maybe it was just like the middle where she's like it sagged. Where, yeah, where she's like trying to cope with everything, but like we already understand her because you know it's already been introduced in the first yeah. I don't know like thirty minutes. I think some of the things in the film that were so real that were that that really pulled me into the story. For example, the SpongeBob. I, I didn't know it was a hard drive at first. I know, I know. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> know it was yeah. so. Flash drive, it yeah. was so great. The SpongeBob that she pulls up and she holds, and it was very clear even when we first see it before we know it's a flash drive or whatever. It's it, it's so symbolic of yeah that that's what I thought was cool when I began my sixth grade and now I'm almost done with my eighth grade and this I mean I don't hate Spongebob or anything but that's not who I am anymore and we can see that growth and that change with just holding up an item and when we already get it little things too about how she throws her phone and it cracks and she's dealing with a cracked phone for the rest of the movie oh my gosh I don't think any of my students have have on is your phone cracked Michelle you might be the only the one. Yeah, on the edges? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, see? It's almost every middle school student I have, their phone is cracked. And it's such a great little touch, yeah. literally. And she, you know, pricks her finger on it and little things like that where you're like, yep, that's exactly what yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. And I really like those moments. Well, you know, there was one scene where she was with her father. Dad was driving or in the car, and she was really giving her pop a hard time. Do you remember that? I oh, do. Yeah, yeah. What, was she, what was Yeah, that. You know what? This is that, what I was saying to producer Joey. I said, this is totally middle school. And she, producer Joey was like, I never talked to my parents that way. And I went, man, I see, par- I see kids talking to their parents that way all the Stop time. Stop driving that way. Stop looking that way. You're bothered. <laughs> but I don't think you ever talk to your parents that way. No. I don't think that's the relationship that you have with them. But I do think that that relationship is extremely common with yeah. with kids. And it's just you, you bitch at your parents. They're getting on your nerves for no reason. You're just frustrated. And they want to talk. They want to, oh, hey, how's your day going? You should have pulled the car off onto the shoulder of the road, turned off the ignition, turn and say, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mm. Oh, scary. Well, what I told producer Joey is I said, I, the biggest problem, I think, is that every time he tried to engage with her, he had nothing to talk about. He would just be like, hey, what's up? 
And he wouldn't ask her about, well, what, what music are you listening to? And enlighten me or teach me or, hey, let's talk about something That's why I was saying that in his own way he was, try, he was doing the best he could. Right. He was doing, the, and he was even trying with humor. You know, he was like doing whimsical little playful things that were all backfiring. Yeah. And in his own limited way, he was trying to be a good pop. Yeah, I you're think right. So. He didn't engage her in conversation. That's a great example. What are you listening to? What's, what's the music you're listening to on your iPod? Or anything. You know, or anything. like, hey, teach me. Like, yeah. I mean, you're on Instagram. I, I see you on it all the time, and I don't really yeah. use it that often. What is so appealing about it? Agreed. Like, but that doesn't give an individual license to be obnoxious. No, I agree. I, I, I they're both wrong. But that to me is yeah. what makes it more real. Right. Is that, and that's usually how relationships go. Any sort of relationship. There's, it's usually you both have problems, and you're only looking at it from your perspective. What I really liked about the the father's performance is that you could tell he was inspired by the actress and formulated his character around some of her mannerisms. You know, like it, it, it was very clear he had that same kind of lost for words and really could never find what he was trying to say very eloquently and in the same way that she did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that, go ahead, Michelle. On that note, uh, that like scene, okay, I digress, but like you know, when, when they're having dinner and the father's like trying to talk to her, I like how like the movie like took us in and out of like- Of chaos. the audio? Yeah, out of the audio. It was so cool. Cause like- Yes. Once she took out her earphones, like we could just see it, like we could just hear it like really like quietly. Mm-hmm. But like once she put it back on, it was just like full blasting mu- right. music. And it was just those, those details I really liked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a clever that was a clever device, Michelle. Yeah. Let me ask you um, regarding the main character in the film. Yeah. Again, her character's name is um, Kayla. Kayla Day, played by uh, Elsie Fisher. Uh, would you want to be friends with her? Would you want to hang out with her? Would you want to have what lunch a great with her? question? Well, thank you, Robert. Would you want to go to the mall with her? Yeah, I think I you think would. Oh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead. I shouldn't have done. No, I'm trying I to be objective here. <laughs> you would. <laughs> I think it would be interesting. Because I mean, I think Michelle's a nice person. I think Michelle is kind of, in a lot of ways, like the Olivia character, the high schooler who kind of takes her under a wing. I think it's very Michelle. Michelle, I, I, I've known Michelle for so long, and I, I've only seen Michelle have problems with, like, maybe one or two people ever, and it really was the other person's right, just a bad attitude. And for whatever reason... It like Michelle got caught up in the middle of it, and Michelle would always be like, "What the what the fuck? You know, I, I didn't do anything. Why are you, why are you coming at me like that?" So I think I know what you're saying, Ira, and I think for me, I'll answer, "No, I wouldn't." Right? I wouldn't want to. Well, hang out Michelle, with it. this says a lot about you. Truly, it says about you. Yeah, I couldn't hang out with Kayla. Oh. No, you really couldn't. <laughs> no. You couldn't. I would get. I would be intolerant, wouldn't I? Yeah. I, I would. Yeah. Yeah. You would do a better job. You would last longer. I would hang out. I could do it in doses. You yeah. know, I'd be like, okay, well, this is it. And, uh, and it was nice. And we'll hang out next month. Next month. <laughs> but, um, but Michelle, you could, yeah, you could see her as a buddy, huh? Yeah, it's just, like, even, like, how, like, she, she, uh, You're fine. You hear me? <laughs> like, even, like, at the mall, I think, because, like, usually, When she goes to the mall with her friends. Yeah, because, like, usually, like, my friends aren't really like Kayla. Like, they're really outgoing and everything. Mm -hmm. But I think I would enjoy, like, that awkward vibe that Kayla gives off. Mm -hmm. Like, even if, like, that would make our friendship, like, awkward at first, I think that would really, like, 
I don't know, kickstart, because it's different from most other relationships. In what way? Because, like, usually, like, how I make friends, like, we're both really outgoing. It's just like, hey, like, what's up? And it's like, it just kind of, like, slowly forms into, like, a relationship. But, like, with Kayla, you know, she's awkward. Like, you know, she, like, like, practices in the mirror, like, what she's going to say and everything. And I think... I would genuinely like to know her mm. without her having to like practice in the mirror or anything like that. I think uh, it, to, to emphasize one of the points that you made earlier, Ira, some of the formulaic moments really for me was the, the girl Kennedy who had the pool party and how she was always on her phone and didn't seem to mm. care or anything like that. And I, that to me felt like the most cliche. Yeah. Mm. The, the most cliche moment of, of the film because I actually don't see that happening too often. I know people are, and I really like that almost everyone in this whole movie was always on their phone or their their iPad or something that was. They were always looking at a screen. But the the popular girls just texting and chewing gum and and barely paying attention. I don't think that happens. If somebody comes up to you and they're talking to you, you you'll engage with them. It became almost a cartoon. There was that one scene where she tried to speak with the two girls. They were both right. half listening. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they would so either her, engage they would either or leave. Or leave. They'd walk away. But to do that, that scene was not honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That particular scene was not honest. Oh, and that boy, too. Aiden. Yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> I don't like him. Why did you not like him? Like, uh, that fire drill when, like, <laughs> Kayla crawls over to his desk. Mm-hmm. And, like, she has to, like, mention, like, dirty files and, like, lies about her. Mm-hmm. Like, and, she, and, like... I love how he's, like, on his screen the entire time, and once Kayla, like, mentions, like, the dirty photo, he just kind of perks up. He's like, damn nudes. And it's, like, so cliche, because, like, I guess the boys in my school, well, one of them got caught for, like, exchanging nudes. Oof. Yeah. Drama. Seriously. Yeah. But it it just never goes to that extent of, like, just nudes, 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 nudes. Because, like... Yeah. You don't think boys are really in that much of a demand for it? Yeah, well, well, judging from, like, my class, mm-hmm. my, my classmates, like, even, like, you know, like, fuck boys, you, mm-hmm. know, you know that term? Like, mm-hmm. fuck boys, like, they, they're not really, like, extreme to, like, that, like, horny kind of thing. Yeah. Sorry, Joanna. <laughs> 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 sorry. By the way, you, you mentioned... I love that the 13-year-old apologizes <laughs> to about her language <laughs> in front of the producer. I love it. Sorry. I love it. Uh, no, y- y- go ahead, Iris. I was just going to say, you mentioned fire drill. I want to say this is the first time I've ever seen in a film uh, where the there terrorist. was a, a drill, yeah. where there was a drill with an active yeah. shooter. Yeah. And it, it pulled me, and I thought, wow, what a ballsy moment to put into a film. And I guess it's accurate, and that really goes mm-hmm. on. First time I've ever seen that in a film. You too? Uh, I saw it in a documentary. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that counts a drill, mm-hmm. uh, a terrorism drill. But yeah. I don't, this is the first time in a narrative film yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, I've, of course, I've seen plenty of movies with active shooters. Right, yeah. right. But not the drill. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, there are so many little moments, too, uh, that I want to point out. You know, you're talking about the, the drill, and that that's such a real... You guys, uh, Michelle, you actually have those drills, don't you? Yeah, like the yeah. terrorism drills? And uh, to me, when I saw it, I went, this is so real. This is exactly the kind of thing that goes on. And there's also little moments where the filmmakers just got it so right where they're making fun of adults not being in the know. Like where the, the teacher came in and he tried to he dab. dab. Yes. <laughs> and he tried to look so cool. Yes. What's that called? What's that gesture called? Dabbing. Dabbing? dabbing? Yeah. Why is it called dabbing? What, what is dab? It, what is just, that? It, it looks like how it's 
perform. But why is dab? What does the word dab mean? I can't remember. What, right? but I knew at one yeah, point. Producer yeah. Joey will find Pro- out. But yeah. It's extending both of your arms the same direction. And he was well, trying it's to this. Be, it's like putting your face yeah, into yeah, your Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a, yeah. Like and then also dabbing. with the, 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 inst- the instructor yeah. saying like, it's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. And it's like, oh my gosh, man, and you're trying like so hard. video. Yeah. I was waiting for some teacher to like, to try to start doing the floss dance and I was like oh one of the girls did the floss dance in the movie in uh, the pool party oh I didn't see it yeah it's just floss dance yeah, yeah. it's like the word like you like kind of like show them stand up and show them oh no it's gonna be super embarrassing that's alright we got you like, like that have you not I, seen I that I think dance? I like the floss dance oh boy <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it says uh, the the dab has its origins in the Atlanta hip-hop scene in the 2010s, but there was initially disagreement about who originated the dance. Artists initially mentioned the possible originators uh, include Migos, as in, look at my dab, Skippa de Flippa, <laughs> Pee-wee Longway. Man, it's, all, it's basically like a dance move. Right, but I'd like to know why it's called that, but we'll never know. Like, a dab means, like, give you a little... A little Dab. Dollop? Like yeah, dollop. That's good. It means like a little little smidgen. Uh, American rapper Bow Wow attempted to explain the origin of the dab dance, saying it derived from the cannabis dabbers community, which started in about 2012 before the dance move. He was met with opposition from other rappers who immediately took to Twitter to insult him and disprove his claims. So I don't know. It's yeah. But the point is that was a great moment in the yeah, film. And yeah. very real. <laughs> and very real, a principal trying to be cool. Yeah. It, and it not worked. Oh, it yeah. backfires like crazy. And the dad had several of those moments too. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, man. Yeah. You're so out of touch. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. anyway. Yeah, and they think, I got it, man. I know, yeah. All, yeah. I know what all the kids are doing now. Um, yeah, that, that talking underneath the desk scene felt mm. weird too. It was a weird scene. The scene where... It was actually... The scene where kids were it talking, were looking the at their phones and not even making eye contact with other people, that doesn't happen. I yeah. I know that's what that's what an adult thinks of kids like oh they're always looking at their phones but that I I see it all the time and they can engage even if they're playing Fortnite or whatever it is yeah, that they're playing yeah. they can still talk to you and they'll have full on conversations with you while they're doing what they're doing but they're not like they're not as passive like oh huh what of course to to justify I agree with you but to justify the scene the filmmaker was thinking that well they're so detached that they don't want to talk to her. They, that was a great moment where Kennedy, was that the character's yeah. name? Where in the car, when the mother was inviting our oh, main yeah. character. And what was it? Her father was involved in some fundraiser. Yeah. And yeah. I'd love you to come to the Christmas. And I love the uh, Kennedy's expression, just rolling her eyes <laughs> and not happy that mom was inviting this person to her party. I, even better was the, the, the DM that she got through Instagram of like, Hi, my mom said I have to that, invite you. So that, I got to tell you, that was a great beat. That was a great beat. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is it. Yeah. Right. This, mom this has to tell me that. that so this is it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. that was the invite. It's, it's, it was worded exactly like yeah. how it would have been. I know. Yeah. It's just a run on sentence. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm tired of the trope of hot girl at school has to be oh, bitchy. Yeah. I, I feel like. There's attractive, bitchy people, but there's ugly, bitchy people, and there's nice, attractive people. Why is every why is every every popular girl got to be mean in yeah. the movies? It it did feel like an episode of Saved by the Bell. It mm. was a little bit cartoonish. I know what you mean. Well, Michelle, the the prettier people in your school, would you say that, are they generally ruder or 
there's like like an even divide between like nice attractive girls and like rude attractive girls hmm. like i because it's like you're clearly one of the nice attractive girls right Plus being nice, nice, minus yeah. attractive. Robert, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So wait, wait go ahead. You're, I interrupted you. It, it was like okay. So like a lot of my friends, they're really pretty and they're really nice. But then like my other friends, they they usually are like the rude ones are more the more like popular ones. Mm. Uh, yeah, but I I think there I would say that there's more nice. Now would would you say that the, the the uglier girls are usually nice? Or there's some mean, ugly girls. And, and I mean objectively ugly, not like yeah, some yeah. girl you can't stand. And you're like, oh, dude, she's <laughs> a dog. And then you're, you're saying she's also mean. She's a bitch in both terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like the majority of like well, ugly girls are pretty nice. Yeah? Yeah. So you're saying that generally that stereotype holds up in your school somewhat? Yeah, somewhat. Right. Yeah, I'm just tired of it. Hey, Michelle, would you do the dab for us again? Oh, no. The dab or the floss? Oh, it was the floss. The floss. No, no. The dab was this. Can you do the dab and the floss simultaneously? I don't think you can. You're you're trying to do... I want to attempt this. All right, watch this, Uh watch this. This is great pod. No, but then I need to, like, use... Yeah, she's she's got her hips swinging, but her hands don't know what to do. (laughs) I'm seeing the floss. This is great podcast. Now she's doing the dab. She's doing the dab. We got a floss and a dab. What would we call this? How do we blend those two a words? Flab. A flab. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, you just invented a new dance move yeah. that I'm sure no one will do. <laughs> <laughs> the flab. <clears throat> All right. Well, one of the things that we do on this show, Michelle, is uh, we talk about what we call the money shot. And the money mm. shot is what are moments from this film that you will look back on five years from now. If you never see eighth grade again. And five years from now, like a little time capsule, you open it up and you, you think about it. It's good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what, what moments would you think of in this film? Ira, why don't you go first? Yeah. I'll go first. I have two. And the first one, near the end of the film, when our, our main character tells off Kennedy, mm-hmm. waiting, we're waiting for, again, another example perhaps of formulaic writing, but we're waiting for that to happen. And it delivered... Not that moment, but right after, there's a quick shot of her in the hall walking, and we see her breaking into a smile. Mm-hmm. And that, that was cool. Mm-hmm. That was a great moment. I have a more significant money shot for me at the beginning of the film, probably in the first 10 minutes, where we see the main character with her father at the dinner table. And it was a master shot. Mm-hmm. And it was so... The flow between them, it was very um, organic, and the exchange felt so natural to me that you could feel all is not well here. There are certainly issues aplenty, but I, I love that word, established the father's character, and I just like the fact that they, they shot it as a, a master shot. Yeah. It was in one take, yeah. and they even overlapped dialogue for a moment. It was very real. I just love that beat. It was it was not only great acting, but it was a great editorial decision to show the two of them in their, in their, in the whole scene and not have to cut away. It's it's a testament to her acting ability that she was able to hold her own with, with this father That's character right. Right. and not have to cut away. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, uh, I think for me seeing the, the SpongeBob SquarePants for the first time. Uh, that little flash drive that she pulls out. Yeah. that's going to stay with me. Uh, to me, it just. 
I understood in that moment what this film was going to be about, and I really liked that moment. We're just seeing the, the SpongeBob SquarePants uh, little figurine. Uh, it turns out to be the, the flash drive. So that will stay with me. Also, there's a really very weird shot where her dad comes in her room, and he says, um, he's talking to her, and she says, hey, I want you to know I'm, gonna, I'm all right, and I'm okay. You don't have to worry about me. Do you remember that scene? Is that when the lid of the computer was up and we saw half screen was blacked? No. No. Okay. It's It was really it was, oddly framed as a wide shot, and the yeah. dad is just barely in the shot, and she is just barely in the shot. And it's yeah. it holds on it for a long time. And the majority of the scene is actually the, right. the dad standing in the doorway. Yeah. And, and they're at opposite ends of the yeah, frame. But could not be... F- like I mean, they're almost out of the shot. There, yeah. you barely. Yeah. See I their do faces. remember that they're at opposite ends. There's a lot of it was, space in the middle. It was very oddly extremes. framed, and I I liked it. It seemed deliberate. It was kind of uh, it seemed like one of those choices. Like they probably got in the back corner of the room when they were filming, and said, "Well, this is about as wide as we can go, and we'll get coverage this way." But then when the editor they they had the coverage because they they got close ups. But the editor seemed like, you know what? They're so far apart right now in their worlds. I bet if we just hold on this shot, it will mean something. And to me, that stuck out to me. And so uh, I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also just her throwing her phone across the room and yeah. breaking it. I really like that moment as well. Michelle, what about you? What, what are some shots or moments that are going to stick with you? I really enjoyed like um, when when the girl <laughs> caught her dad <laughs> just like scoping out um mm-hmm. and it, it was just like a funny movie and then it just like kind of like transitioned like really quickly into like this like really sad moment because um like this girl was like just really pushing away her father and it, it i think like that was like that kind of like marked my point mm-hmm. where i would get a little more emotional <laughs> than i really was yeah um Another scene was when she tried to um, give oral sex to a banana. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. But, um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I know I shouldn't be talking about this. It, and, like, she, like, blatantly lies that she likes bananas yeah. to her father just to cover that up. And the, it's, it's such a great, that moment is so, such a great little um, moment of kids being weird and it's like we got to understand why like from his perspective he's like what the fuck was that all about but from her perspective there was all this rationale leading up to her giving the banana blowjob and it was like man that's that's so weird for her dad to to walk in on and like she like throws her banana just like lands like on his his chest chest. yeah that's really nice you know i do want to point out that this this film was not lit especially well the lighting was was not great but it was very daring there was a lot of really dark uh scenes things were not lit um where you could see everything well all the time there's some uh, even the the big graduation scene where they're all waiting before they go into graduate they're all lined up in the hall a lot of that was really dark and very underexposed and i liked it I, i thought it was a really great choice there were a couple of the car scenes too, where she's talking to her dad at night, and mm-hmm. it's um, you can just barely make their their faces out. Even the camp, not the campfire scene, but the scene where they they burn the time capsule because it wasn't a campfire. But uh, even that's very very dimly yeah, lit. Like I could barely like read what the time, you know, like the to the coolest girl in the world. Yeah, it's just it was just like completely like shadowed, but I could still like barely make it out. Yeah, and you knew what it was because yeah. it couldn't be anything else. And uh, but I like how dark it was, but it was mm-hmm. not. 
it was not lit in the way that you would expect for a a film of this um, notoriety, like a film that's in several theaters. It would normally have way more lights. You'd right. be able to see everything super clearly. And Either that or the the bulb of the projector in the theater you're at was on the ready to go. Oh, so. no, okay, never mind. You're so mean. <laughs> We're mean people, Michelle. It's time you know the truth. Uh, one of the things we do before we move on is uh, we need to score this film on an anti-scale. Oh. Now, let's talk about this. Let me first explain yes. the anti-scale. Yes. So, Michelle, the anti-scale is basically uh, how much does this buck the Hollywood trend? So how untypical is this movie? So, for example... A one might be bring it on, and a ten might be elephant. That's really good if you know your <laughs> coming of age high school movies. All right, so uh, Ira, well, let's talk I, a little bit so she first. can understand. Yeah. Now, this is not how good you think the film yeah, was. Yeah, this is something that this, we like the movie. This is not, how much do you think this film um, strips those trends? Of Hollywood, Ira, what do you think? Well, once again, when I think about this question, I like to pull back and think about protagonist, antagonist. Mm-hmm. And she, well, actually, once again, I think she was her own pro- antagonist. Mm-hmm. I think she, gener- we can either say the reality around her yeah. was the antagonist or it was within herself. Yeah, I think it was a man versus self kind mm-hmm. of conflict. I do too. I do too. So looking at it that way, that makes it somewhat anti-wave. However, as I articulated earlier, there was certainly a formulaic for me yeah. element that made it more Hollywood-like. That Again, the convenience of the scenes and so on. So there certainly is a balance of both, but generally speaking, it definitely is an anti-wave film. It certainly does go against the grain, and there is the main character that we have a little bit of trouble rooting for her, even though we yeah. still do. Uh, I would give it a, um, a, um, a 7.1. So specific. Yeah, 7.1. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think uh, I would give it, I, my first instinct was to give this about an 8. But I, I, I think a little bit you've convinced me that there are, oh. I, I thought about it as I was walking to the theater, but I think you've convinced me that there are more trappings than I originally thought. I really like the film. I think the film is a good film. I really, I like it and would even be open to watching it again relatively soon, which I don't usually say. Usually I need a little bit more time before I'm ready to watch a movie again, unless it's really, really captivating to me. Um, but I think, I think you've convinced me a little bit that it's a little less anti than I, than I originally felt. Uh, but the acting is stellar. I, I think I would wind up giving this a seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michelle, mm-hmm. what do you think? Yeah, I think I would also give it a seven. Yeah. Because, you know, like, well, aside from all the, like, the like the pros mm-hmm. of um, this movie, like you know, as I always said, you know, the formulary for formulaic, then kind of like layout, and also, but I think um, what I what I would make what I would consider what makes this anti mm-hmm. kind of is the music. Yeah, I think so. Shot. It's so weird, but it fits like right in, and I really liked it. So I think I would give it like also seven. It was, you're right in in the way it was shot. Some of the the things that were odd about it was how wide some of the shots were, and then they would get real tight as well. It, yeah. it really there weren't medium shots. It was all very here's everything, or I'm going to show you like right up in her face, mm-hmm. and her face was so. Um, just not your typical Hollywood starlet yeah. that it was really it was interesting it was something different 
By the way, I got to ask you, in what I'm calling the video inserts, when she was doing her, her YouTube, yeah. she'd always sign off by saying Gucci. Gucci. <laughs> now, was that a reference to the, the product? Well, of Gu the Gucci purse? Here, let that, me explain. And if so, that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> um, well, basically, well, Gucci, us kids, we think it says, like, good. So, like... Like everything's Gucci? Yeah, like, like it's all Gucci. It's all good. I thought it was... <laughs> You know, the, the double G logo on people's purses it is. Gucci. It well, is. It, it does come from that? That's yeah. good, right? Good. Gucci is good. So everything's Gucci. Yeah. Yeah. But she's not saying go out and buy a Gucci purse. No, no. no. It's not referencing <laughs> the actual product. I think she's just like marking the ends of her videos by saying like something a Gucci. lot of the kids It's say. like she's heard people say this thing and that's cool to do. Uh, oh, my gosh. One of the really nice moments in the movie that I thought was so great was when – the mom says, okay, everybody come around and, you know, um, Kayla, honey, we can't see you. you got to come to the front. And so she comes around front. And if you notice, every single, all the girls, they, they all say like, hi. And they do it with the two fingers, you know, like the, the, the super Asian, like, cheese. Yeah. Yeah. And then she does thumbs up. <laughs> It's so great. I don't know if you noticed that moment, but I was like, actually, I did not notice. She's that. the that's only great. one that did thumbs up. That's great. And it was like, oh, man, shit. you just do not. That's finish. so weird. Yeah, it was such a nice touch because she's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. All right, good. There you go. Yeah. Well, that was Gucci. Uh, <laughs> hey, Ira, who died this week? Ah, uh, another Diddy, Michelle. You're gonna like this one. Are you ready? Uh -oh. no, you I'm doing Michelle. this one specially for you. This is dedicated to Miss Michelle. Gotta tell you, unfortunately we must. The following people, they've turned to dust. Okay. Oh. That's, you like, see, <laughs> oh. <laughs> see, she appreciates me. We lost the following people in the industry in the last seven days. I want to mention uh, Stan Dragotti, 85-year-old American film director. You guys, he directed Mr. Mom. He directed Necessary Roughness and Love at First Bite. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So I knew, Robert, you have a fondness for Mr. Mom. Am I right I do on like that? Mr. Yeah, Mom, yeah. I remember that. So I, I thought mm. about that. Uh, also, a 51-year-old American animator, uh, John Schnepp. Uh, he's a, a filmmaker, a voice actor, and he did. Uh, the, he was involved with The Death of Superman Lives. We spoke about that documentary. Mm -hmm. Remember, that was supposed to get made and so on. But there is a Dead Corner Spotlight that I want to acknowledge, you guys. This is an important person we lost in the last few days. Shironohu Hiroshimoto, 100 I'm years sorry, old. I'm sorry, who was that? Don't, I knew you were going to say that. Just <laughs> leave me alone. All right. This gentleman, 100 years old, Japanese screenwriter. You guys, he 100 wrote. 100 years old? Yes, and he so wrote. So young. He wrote Seven Samurai, Rosh, Rosh Mosh, Rashomon. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I Live in Fear. He, um, more than, uh, he wrote more than 70 screenplays, and in addition to Throne of Blood and also The Hidden Fortress, his scripts were wow. notable, responsible for The Magnificent Seven. Right. You know that. It was patterned after that. And also, um, and the uh, Star Wars, uh, George Lucas has often said in interviews that he regards uh, The Hidden Fortress as an inspiration for Star Wars. Mm. So look what this man has done. So the screenwriter for Star Wars died? Work with me here, Robert. No. Okay. <laughs> Hidden Fortress. But again, with Magnificent Seven, so had such an effect on, on our pop culture. These movies he wrote were so significant on their own, yet they also uh, mm. went on for the um, other films that he uh, inspired. Wow. We lost him. So sad. Man, yeah. that's awful. Oh, uh, we also lost uh, Kirk Douglas. He died. Kirk ha Douglas? Have you ever heard of him? Do you know who he is? You, you can't shake your head on a podcast. Yeah, it, nobody, nobody can see you. You got to say something. No. Oh well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she shakes yeah. her head. No. Well, he's dead. Yeah. Is he an actor? Uh, was he was? <laughs> Not anymore. 
Hey, we're going to play a game. Oh, we are? Yeah. We're going to play a game. Michelle, this game is called Real or Unreal. So here's how it works. Oh, Producer like Joey has put together a few movies for us. And none of us know if these are real movies or unreal Oh, movies. I saw this in like a Jimmy Fallon show. Okay. Wait, what? Yeah. Jimmy Fallon's ripping off our bit? Oh, sue him. Man. <laughs> All right, so real or unreal? So we're going to try to figure out, is this a real movie or not? Okay, first one. Middle school, the worst years of my life. Real. I, well, hold on. <laughs> Wait, you might want to hear the description. Okay, I'm going to describe okay. it to you, all right? A quiet teenage artist, artist, Rafi, has a wild imagination and is sick of middle school and the rules that have been put before him. Rafi and his best friend, Leo, have come up with a plan. Break every rule in the school handbook, and as you expect... Trouble follows. Real, real. Real? Real. I call real. What What's the title again, Robert? Middle school, the worst years of my life. You know, I'm going to get, knowing <laughs> producer Joey, <laughs> getting to know her quite well, I'm actually going out on, I'm going to, I'm going to take a chance here and say, unreal. Hmm. You're going to say real, aren't you, Robert? I, I You're think say real. it might be unreal, but I'm going to say real. You, you, Michelle, you're saying it's real? Mm-hmm. I think I think it. My gut says unreal. I should go with my gut. I think go I'm with, me, go with you, Ira. Come join me. <laughs> join right. me. Let's go to the dark side, producer Joey. It is real. Oh, Michelle's Let's already. Go. Robert, you should never Let's listen go. to me, man. All right, the score. The All right, score. Michelle's up <laughs> one nothing. All right, yeah. number two. Here one, we go. Zero zero. This movie's called. That was good. That was graded good. from the curve. A former pro skateboarder must pursue a new career when it becomes clear that his 720 days are in the past. He struggles to connect to his students as a middle school math teacher until he embraces his skateboarding skills once again. Graded from the curve. Graded from the curve. All right. From the curve. Michelle, what do you think? Is that real or unreal? It, it sounds so believable, though. It sounds really believable. Well, I'm, I'm then you would say yes. I'll go real. All right, real, she says. Graded from the curve? From the curve. Obviously, a play on graded on the curve. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> look at producer Joey's expression. Joey, give me a hint. <laughs> hey, Joey, just between the two of us, I want you to wink with your left eye. Joey, don't. Re- <laughs> Joey, wink don't with your right eye. Don't flip him off, Joey. That's so mean. What do you think, Ira? I'm going to go. I'm going to say uh, real. Real. I'm going to go unreal. I think producer Joey would have named that a different a different title. I think she would have said graded with a curve. See, I have trouble with that word. You saw me respond to that word. It's not quite, yeah. Graded from the curve, what is it? It is unreal. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, but is it like an actual movie? No, she made it up. She made it graded. You should be a screenwriter. You got it. You got it. So you said it was unreal, right? Wait, you said no. I said it was real. You said it was real. Yeah. Okay, my bad. So you Wait, said it what was did I say? Real. Well, you said it was. Did I get it right or wrong, Joey? Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you that. wrong. Yeah. So I got it. You right. got that one. Yeah. So now the score is one one zero. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> I always lose. All right, I'll get this one. <laughs> All right. Next one. Recess. School's out. A young boy and his friends are headed for summer camp, but come across the ex-principal of their elementary school, Mr. Benedict and his gang of ninjas and Secret Service lookalikes. 
Benedict is planning to get rid of summer vacation using his newly acquired tractor beam, which he stole from the U.S. military base in an effort to raise U.S. test scores, and it's up to the gang of misfits to stop him. I can't tell if this was like a shitty movie or just Joanna, <laughs> like, overextending it. Wow. Well, Ira, what do you think? Actually, I'll go first. I think, I think this is, I'm going to say real. This feels real to me. It's just so shitty. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Joanne is capable of writing so <laughs> shitty. What do you think, Ira? It's, it has to be unreal. Unreal? It's so bad. Yeah? <laughs> I'm saying real. Ira says unreal. What do you think, Michelle? She's eating, meeny, miny, moaning. <laughs> real. Real. All right. And the answer is, it is real. <laughs> nice. Michelle, you're up two. I think I got one. All right, last one. No, two, two. It's two, one, zero, right? Two, one, is that, zero. That's what I said, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right? She's up two. Yeah. I got one. I already Wait, but you got the, the skateboard dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I got one. one. And oh, this I, one, two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, two I, to two. Whatever. Wait cares? a minute. <laughs> I demanded. All right. Last one. It all comes down to this. All or nothing. Here we go. School for scoundrels. A young guy short on his luck enrolls in a class to build confidence to help win over the girl of his dreams, which becomes complicated when his teacher has the same agenda. All right, what do you Scandalous. think? Scandalous. Wait, Michelle. first of all, I want to I want to see that movie. Yeah? yeah. Michelle, do you think this is a real movie or unreal? I'm going to trust my instincts and go with the pattern here. Yeah? I think I'm going to... Because it sounds like too believable to be a movie. Yeah. Too, so I'm going to go unreal. Unreal. Ira, what do you no, think? No, I'm, 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 I'm going real. This, this is real. This is, I, think I feel I've real seen strong it. about it. I think I've seen it. This and is I real. think I want to oh, see no. it. It is real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on the board. I'm on the board. I finally got one. <laughs> All right. That was nice. That was great. Uh, yeah. How lovely. Mm. How lovely? Yeah. Lovely? You. Aww. Aww. Uh, yeah, and and pretty some joy. No. Oh, oh. <laughs> hey, let's do our top five, Arrow. Yeah, and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Yeah, I need to restart my computer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our top five this week is top five <laughs> pool movies. Pool movies. All right. Does hey, the pool um, have to be filled with water? No. Water. No. Michelle, yes. what's your number five? I'm going to have to go with Jennifer's Body. Jennifer's Body. All right, tell us about that. What, what What's the movie about? Real quick. I mean, well, it's about, well, it's just like I'm a really hot girl named Megan. Well, she's played by Megan Fox. But mm-hmm. like, I guess like whenever, like whoever she has sex with, like she has to kill or something. Mm-hmm. It's just like this curse that was like given to her or something. Ira, have you seen Jennifer's Body? I have. I have you? I have, yes. Of course you have. She was playing at HBO at 2 in the morning, and I considered it. I considered it. But I had a feeling you'd put it on, so I did. You oh. put the whole. Did you watch the whole movie of oh, Jennifer's Body? In and out. I didn't watch the whole thing all the way through. Uh, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I found it quite compelling. Yeah, I mm. bet you did. <laughs> she like clashes with like her best friend, yeah. Needy, for like her her boyfriend. Hey, Michelle, real quick, I want to ask you just because uh, I think it's funny when the kid in the movie that we that we're talking about today in eighth grade, when the kid was masturbating in the in in that scene. My mom knew. She knew. She was laughing. She, she was, was laughing. laughing. Was that awkward? No. Well, I mean, b- between you and her, was it? Were you like, oh my gosh? No, because at first I, th- I thought she didn't know what 
what he was doing? What he was doing. So I like, turned to her and was like, do you know what she's, do you know what he's doing? <laughs> she's like, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I want to say that for me, that fell the category of another scene that wasn't honest. I didn't think, did you, did you buy it? Did that seem real I have real never been in a classroom where a, a kid started masturbating. I thought it was contrived. I thought that beat was contrived. I did. <laughs> my classmates like claim that they masturbated during class. But the, I think those are just for jokes. Yeah, I think so, too. All right. So your number five was Jennifer's Body. Mm. Ira, what's your number My five? My number five is a film that we spoke about once before, a previous podcast, and that's with um, Burt Lancaster's The Swimmer. Mm-hmm. The Swimmer. This was um, 1968. What a strange film it is. What I saw it in the theater when it first came out, and it was um, – an extended metaphor and it was Burt Lancaster said in multiple interviews it's his favorite film that he ever did it's an odd quirky movie and The Swimmer is my number five you know I've never seen it hmm. I know it but I've never seen it we'll hmm. watch it together we can cuddle hmm. you know I'm married right we can cuddle <laughs> <laughs> what about me she's going to produce the show uh, my number five now I was tempted to, to pull an Ira and start talking about the hustler or the ah. money. Uh, he's saying that because there's a pool table. Yeah. He's about shooting billiards pool. Yeah. Uh, right. ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get that drop. That was great. <laughs> that was great. Uh, but I didn't. I, I decided to play this clean. My Dead, Deadpool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that. Yeah. Uh, I do. I, I am pretty proud of mine. I think I got a few in here that you're going to go, wow, nice one. And I think my number five is going to impress you, Ira. My number five is from 1994, Forrest Gump. And you might say, what pool? There is no pool. Oh, uh, there is. When he is standing at the, uh, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial... And Jenny runs across Whoa. the reflecting pool. Kudos. Wait, I, I am bowing to you. Nicely done, huh? That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. You knew I'd love that one. Yeah. That's really good, Robert. Yeah. The reflecting pool. The reflecting pool, pool in Washington, D.C. Yep. There you go. Oh, that's number five. That's All right, Michelle, what you got? What's your number four? I, I'm going to actually like switch here, and I'm going to say Passengers. Passengers. All right, Passengers tell us about was it. my number two. All right. But then I kind of considered the plot, and I was like, nah. All right. So tell us what happens in Passengers, and where's the pool? Okay. Well, basically, there are, like, all of these, like, like I mean, I guess, like, a majority of, like, the civilization are on the ship that's going to take them to, like, another planet mm-hmm. to restart civilization because, you know, they fucked up Earth real bad. And then this this man's, like, little cryo chamber, whatever you call it, like like, malfunctions, and he wakes up. Mm-hmm. And he's like super lonely for like two years, and so he, you know, like he's a jerk. But he opens up like the like I guess it's like love is interests mm-hmm. um, pod, pod, yeah, up. And basically, it's just like this whole like romantic woo, and then like ship malfunctions. And where's the pool? The pool is like it's, it's like really luxurious, like CGI pool. It's really <laughs> big, and like. When the ship malfunctions, I, I think, like, the pool water, like, comes out, but it's, like, in space. Hmm. So it's, like, it's kind like of floating. All, yeah, all floating. And then, like, um, Jennifer Lawrence is just, like, in the middle of that and all drowned and stuff. Hmm. Yeah. I was going to give it number two for its graphics, but deserved a four because of its plot. Okay. <laughs> Do you ever see that movie? Passengers? I never saw yeah, it. I saw yeah. it. I saw it. <laughs> you know, as she was talking about it, it made me think uh, Blade Runner 2049 had that really great pool. You're right. With Jared Leto. You're right. Yeah. But I don't think it's on anybody's list. No, it's not. All right. Ira, what's your number four? My number four, Frank Capra. 
We're talking 1946, It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. There was a scene in that film, and it wasn't a pivotal... The movie would have been fine without it, where Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed are dancing, and then the floor retracts. You remember that? Vaguely. And all the dancers fall into the pool. <laughs> yes. You do remember yes, that. Yes, I remember that. It's, it's a delightful Didn't scene. Didn't they shoot that at Beverly Hills yeah, High School? Yeah, how do you know that? Yeah. How do you know that? Because they're the only ones that have a retracting <laughs> they're pool. They're right. Yeah. There's a gymnasium, Michelle, at Beverly Hills High School, and the floor wow. would retract, and there'd be a swimming pool. So they could use it for swim classes as well as for shooting hoops and basketball, where the floor was retractable. And yes, they filmed that wow. scene there. It was not a pivotal scene in the movie, but it was a delightful scene, yeah. and everyone falls into the pool, and that's cool that you remember that scene, and it's really cool that you knew where it was shot. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number four is a movie from 2003. It's an Australian film. I'm betting you... I, I, I don't, Michelle, I don't think you've seen this one. Ira might have seen it, but I'm going to guess no. Swimming Upstream. Have you seen this? I haven't. It's about an Australian swimmer and his uh, dad who pushes him in a very kind of um, uh, Beethoven-esque way where he's just kind of constantly like riding his ass to, to be a great swimmer. And there's a, there's a lot of really great pool scenes, but there's one in particular where, if I remember it correctly, it's been a number of years since I've seen it, but there was a, a pool that he's swimming in and it's raining above the pool. And I think there's like a glass roof and it's some really cool shots of this pool with this beautiful glass roof and it raining on top. Or maybe it was... Maybe he was swimming outdoors, but it was raining while he's swimming, and he just he won't stop swimming, even when it's like lightning and thunder, and his his life could potentially be in danger if he gets struck by lightning, and he won't stop swimming. It's really cool. Oh, wow, There's some great swimming stuff in there. All right, what do you got, Michelle? What's number three? I'm going to have to give it to Final Destination Four. All right, so where's the pool? Um, <laughs> it, so this guy Hunt, he's like swimming, yeah. and then you know, like that little like. Um, you know that little like drain thing at the mm -hmm. bottom of pools somehow his butt gets like <laughs> suctioned into that and then it like completely like cuts off like the rest of the pressure it's going to the swimming pool which ultimately like overheats like the pressure engine outside and so it explodes and hunts just like goes up in bits yeah yeah <laughs> I don't think I saw I saw four did I you saw, see four yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. the first three yeah. I didn't see four yeah, yeah. Why you, you and Michelle have the same taste in movies. Michelle. <laughs> Ira, what's your number three? Do the floss thing. Okay, never mind. <laughs> the flab? The flab. We have a new name for that. My number three, I know I've spoken a lot. Of, I have to put it in here once again. 1967, Mike Nichols, The Graduate. Yeah. There are two moments in the pool scenes where we see Benjamin just on a raft, just floating aimlessly. Just floating aimlessly with no direction, no purpose. But beyond that, there was another pool scene where we see Benjamin, Dustin Hoffman, in diving gear, and he's, he's in the corner of the pool, right. and the camera slowly, slowly moves towards him. And again, he's just floating aimlessly. He's not using diving gear to explore, but he's just there, detached from all that's going on. Mm -hmm. Two beats, and, and it's been referenced that perhaps that's an even embryonic fluid, you know, that people spoke yeah. about that on that level also, but two great pool scenes in The Graduate. My number three is one that I suspect is going to be on your list, Ira. I think I'm sneaking I, away I think from it you. I think I know. I, th I think I know. Um, I'm going to say the year. Let's say the year. 1982, 82. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just move on? I love, love it. it. I love it. Go for it, man. Say it. 
Fast Times yeah. at Richmond High. Yeah. All right. Fast Times. Oh, Michelle. This Michelle, is do you know what we're talking age. about? You haven't seen Okay. Fast Times at Ridgemont High uh, is a, uh, it's a it's a movie about a bunch of high schoolers mm-hmm. and uh, kind of their, their relationship. And there's one guy who, uh, we were talking about masturbation before, this guy is is uh, watching this girl in the pool and he starts having this fantasy oh and uh, she can't see him. And he has this fantasy where, oh, uh, Kate, what's her name? Not Kate. Um, Phoebe. Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates is this uh, teenager. She gets out of the pool and she it, it's this little fantasy sequence where she pops open her her swimsuit and like shows her boobs to him. It's a fantasy. It's not reality, yeah. but it's kind of like what he wishes had happened. And it, it's kind of often regarded as one of the the sexiest pool scenes ever. Oh, agreed. I, I, I can only think of one that might be better, and that's coming up in a minute. That's, that's your that's number one. Oh. But uh, yeah, it's definitely every teenage boy that was alive in the 1980s knows this, this, that scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. If you rented a tape. From a video rental store, you would always notice that, that that scene was always worn down, you know, and you'd have some tracking problems when you watched it, when you rented it from the <laughs> video store. What do you got, Michelle? What's your number two? Um, it follows. It follows. Where's the yeah. pool scene? Well, basically, the, the, the group of teenagers are just so fucking crazy, and mm-hmm. they decide to use one of the teenagers as a bait in the middle of a pool mm-hmm. so that the monster kind of gets lured in. And they were going to electrocute the fucking pool along with the bait. And it, it was such a dumb plan, but like I think it, it showed how like paranoid and like desperate mm-hmm. they were getting. I didn't really like that. All right. It was creepy too. Oh my God. Ira, what's your number two? My number two? Fast Times at Ridgemont High. There you, there you go. go. I love Robert <laughs> that you knew I was going to include that. 1982. Amy Heckerling? Mm-hmm. Heckerling, yeah. Directed that Phoebe Cates in a red bikini. And uh, man, what what a scene. What a scene. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, video, people would rent the videotape. It was probably worn at that one spot. Yeah, it was. And watching it over and over again. It, it's quite a quite a moment in cinematic history. You have, to, you have to recognize, I'm sorry, Michelle, to yeah, be yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. this in front of you, but Phoebe Cates was at the height of like her young nubile powers, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she was she was it. Phoebe Cates is not a, she's a looker. I mean. Now? I'm, still? Can you imagine if Christina was here and if I just said that now? So that's very sexist. Isn't it sexist? Is it or is it not? Maybe it's not sexist. I don't know. Yeah, but More anyway. ageist. Yes. It's more age. I think it's both. Maybe. Yeah. Oh. Okay. My number two, keeping with our theme from Fast Times, from 1998, the only scene that might be a little bit sexier than Fast Times at Richmond High, Wild Things. Oh. Ira, I can't believe this isn't on your list. Yeah. Do you remember this? I do. Tell us about it. It's T- the, us the us big it. scene between, uh, oh, what's her nose and what's her face with uh, Nev Campbell and, um, oh, what's her name? Denise Richards. Denise Richards. Thanks, producer Joey. Do you remember that? I remember. With Kevin I Bacon and that. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Matt Dillon. It's a good movie. I think I need to see this movie again. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. You'll want to come back and retroactively adjust your (laughs) your pool scores. Yeah. But we're not allowed to do that already. No, we aren't. Okay. All right, Michelle, what do you got? What's your number two? Um, I'm sorry, number one? Yeah, number one. It's called The Kissing Booth. The Kissing Booth? Yeah. What is that? I've never heard of it. It came out like this year. It's like basically a chick flick. Mm -hmm. And it's about like. This high schooler and like she has her like boy best friend, mm-hmm. but then the brother of the boy best friend is her crush, mm. and it, it's just like this whole like 
triangle, but like they're not really in love. The girl and her best friend's not really in love. It's just he's conflicted by like their relationship, and it's like this whole chick flick. And you know, I'm a sucker for chick flicks. Yeah. So where's the pool scene? It's uh, like a high school party, mm-hmm. and I think it like perfectly captured how you would think high school parties would go, because you know like everyone's like you know getting drunk, and, like people are cannonballing yeah. into pools. Cannonballing? Did Can- you? Yeah, cannonballing. I think, Can- I think you make that Can- into a word, Can- into a verb. Cannonball. Can- yeah, cannonball Can- of death. I got you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real funny. Ira, what's your number one? My number one, 1997, Paul Thomas Anderson. Boogie Nights. Now, the first thing I want to mm. say is this: uh, the Steadicam was you're, you know about the Steadicam and the, the shoulder harness and how the cinematographer was able. It was first used in the film Rocky when he runs oh. up the stairs, and it was with a handheld camera with weights and all that stuff, and it gives a, a fluid look. In in Boogie Nights, there's an opening shot that's incredible. This is not the pool scene, you guys, but there's an opening shot where the camera just swoops down, and it's at the corner. It was shot on Topanga and Roscoe. There's an intersection there where the nightclub was, and then we follow Burt Reynolds into the nightclub where he meets Roller Girl. It was all done in one beautiful, continuous take. However, I'm referring to the pool scene in that movie, also making extensive use of that same device, the Steadicam, where we see snippets of conversation, people gathered around the pool, and we hear what they're saying, hear what they're saying, it weaves in and out, the camera goes underwater, it's submerged, comes back up, more pe- and you feel like you're a part of this pool gathering. It's an incredible shot in the movie Boogie Nights. That's my number one. Nice. Ira, you're going to be really jealous and proud of my number one. You ready? Yeah. You ready and that? intrigued. Yeah. My number one from 2001, Dogtown and Z-Boys. He did it again. His number five and number one were. You're gonna. These were empty pools. These were empty these pools. These were empty pools. Now you were, you almost spoiled it at the top of the show because you were asking earlier, can we use empty playing, pools? That's yes. Very funny. Yeah. Do you know Dogtown and Z Boys, Michelle? Uh-uh. So they were uh, back in the 1970s, skateboarding uh, in the like mid mid to late 70s was very rudimentary and um, and just very formulaic. And there were these guys just right down the street here, down in Venice, and they started a whole new wave of skateboarding that was a lot more aggressive and they started going up to pools in the uh in the valley when people weren't home and they would break into people's houses that had pools there was like a big drought going on and everybody had to drain their pool and they would climb into these people's pools and start learning how to skateboard inside their pools this really happened this is a documentary about these guys uh the z boys and how they revolutionized skateboarding and made it uh, you know, all the big ramps that you see now and things like that for skateboarding, that all started with these guys who were doing, um, basically using pools as their little makeshift ramps. In people's backyards, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah. They would break in. They and would break into people's homes. The pools were empty, and that's where they'd practice skateboard wow. right. tricks. And they were actually, they wanted to surf, and they were they were surfers, but the surf wasn't always up. And so right. they were like, well, let's surf with the skateboard. And so their style was a lot more like surfing, mm. whereas, you know, with the other skateboarders at the time, it was a very, almost like hula hooping. It was just kind of seen as a fad, and it was like, all right, there's a few people who mm-hmm. do this. It's not very popular. It's very square and very kind of, um, you know, just very typical. Uh, and th- what they did was anything but typical. Anyway, Dogtown and Z-Boys is a great documentary. Mm. 
Yeah, I thought that'd That's, be a nice, nice pool movie. I love all five of yours. Kudos to you for your number five and one in particular. Thanks, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. I, I knew you'd like this. Yeah, yeah. I do want to throw uh, a little bit of uh, attention towards a couple of this. I really wanted to put the Let the Right One In. Have you seen Let the Right One In, Michelle? Mm-mm. You would love it. That's your homework assignment tonight. I want you to watch oh, Let the Right okay. One In. There's two versions of it. There's the American version and uh, the, I want to say Swedish version or something like that. But they're both really good. The American version's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually when they do it in America, it sucks. But uh, both of them are really good. There's a great pool uh, scene in there. I don't want to ruin it for you, Michelle, but mm-hmm. you'll really, really like it. All right. Also, Swim Fan. Do you remember Swim Fan? I, we spo- I was wondering <laughs> if you were going to include that. Yeah. Yeah. Caddyshack. With I the duty that was floating. That's right. The duty. Duty. The duty. Uh, I thought I was going to put a Busby Berkeley in there, like uh, the Foot Wow. Of course. And I thought that would be pretty clever to put in. But I was like, eh. Yeah, there's so many other great A movies. lot of the Broadway, 1930. Yeah, they, yeah. The girls would dance around a pool. <laughs> yeah. Or those Esther Williams movies. Remember right. that she was swimming in pools and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really good. And uh, there's another movie, Michelle, you would really like called Project X. Have you heard of that movie? That's a good one, too. Project X is, is uh, about a couple of guys who throw a big birthday. It's like it's shot as a fake. It's shot as a documentary. It's not a real documentary, but it's shot like one. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about a guy, a couple of guys that have this um, giant party, and it gets way out of hand. Uh-oh. And uh, a lot of chaos ensues. Anyway, those were kind of my extras. Did you have any extras? I just have one, one scoop, and that is uh, it broke my heart that there was enough room to include <laughs> the to-do list. The to do list. Yes. Did you see that? I know that? it, but I haven't you, seen it. No. Have you seen that, Michelle? Mm-mm. This was with, um, what's her, Audrey Plaza? Mm. Yeah, and she's uh, she's flirting. She's the lifeguard is there, and she wants to be a swimmer, and she slowly gets out of the pool and slow motion dripping on the. We see, wow. But it's. it's Iris, <laughs> show us. Show us what that looks like. <laughs> she, like, and we see what she's wearing, and she's just trying to drop dead. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking Ira, can, now. Can you but do? Can do you do the, right. the floss? I'll, I'll do the floss. <laughs> no, not and the, the dab, the, the flab. Oh my gosh! And you're like hula dancing <laughs> yeah. right now. What is that? Is that your? Ow! <laughs> anyway, that's my. Uh, do you have any uh, that you didn't make your top five that you'd like to acknowledge? Michelle's like, no. <laughs> what? I wasn't told about this. It's Coco. <laughs> I mean, there's Coco. Always, there's always is there a Coco. pool scene in Coco? Yeah, it's like where he visits the famous dude and like in his mansion and like there's like one scene where I think he's like he's like on top of like swimmer dudes and like in a pool. <laughs> I need to see that movie. Hey, I'm surprised I should I'm surprised no one mentioned um oh. Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, a I good thought one. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Producer Joey just handed me a note. The great Muppet Caper. You're so right. There's a great Cool scene in there, yeah. With all the Muppets, yeah. Wow, there's some there's some really great pool movies. Yeah, this is great. Hey, Let's nicely done. Well. We did it. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Hey, Ira. Hey. What we did a podcast without Christina. Yeah. What, what do you think? <laughs> do we need her back? I think we need her back. Do we? Yeah. <laughs> it's only yeah. Uh, Joey's been, nodding emphatically. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, hey, listen. If you have any pool movies that you felt like uh, we didn't miss, although I think we named every movie with a pool, but if we didn't and you <laughs> missed, we missed one, then you can send us an email. Uh, you mm-hmm. can do that by sending us an email to robert at antiwavepodcast.com or uh, slash uh, and or ira at antiwavepodcast.com. Or you can send Christina an email if you want to yell at her for not being on the show, which is christina at antiwavepodcast.com. Uh, or you can check us out 
out on Twitter or Instagram, which is at AntiWavePod. Right, right. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? We are. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. And again, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play. We're all over the place. Go to our website. Yeah. And if you uh-huh. want, you can check out our film 30 Love, which is available at 30lovefilm.com. You can mm-hmm. check that out. It's uh, we got DVDs for sale there with all sorts of extra bonus features. Yes. You can buy one of those and get 10% off when you check out by typing in AntiWave. Or if you just want to see it uh, without all the extra bonus features, you can stream it on Amazon Prime and on iTunes. Right. Robert, yeah. can you hook me up with one? Can I hook you up with one? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, just go to Amazon Prime. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Have you seen it, Michelle? Have you watched it? No, I, I just I just only heard about it. You've never watched it? Yeah, I plan to watch it on my mm. PS4. Oh, man, <laughs> bitch. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> I love you, Ira. <laughs> Wait, you love him? Yep. Yeah. Damn right he does. You know why? Because you're a bitch. You didn't watch the film. <laughs> okay, okay then. It's not okay. What producer Joey is saying, we can't call a 13-year-old girl a bitch. Mm. Uh, why? <laughs> she didn't watch the movie, producer Joey. Do you yeah. understand? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <God>. Girls. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, thanks. I, I do want to thank producer Joey. Thanks, Ira, for reminding me. Robert, producer, I've got your back. <laughs> I have your back. All right. So uh, I guess until next time, I also want to thank Michelle. Yes. Michelle, you yeah. you're Thank you. <laughs> Michelle, do you want to throw a plug out there? Where can people find you? Do, do you want people following you on Instagram? Instagram or do you, or no? at com. Do you want some no, lettuce? No, no, no. Minus the dot com. Sorry. <laughs> at, at do you want some lettuce, right? You'll tag me in the pic. Yeah, I'll tag you. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> I guess until next time, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. Mm. Gucci. <laughs> Nudes, 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 nudes.